Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, guys. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations from our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, tell us a little bit about Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a place you can go to give us money if you'd like to. But only if you'd like to. to. We use it to improve the quality of our show. We're currently buying me a new microphone, which I am not using yet, but we have already used it to buy me a mic stand that I am using right now. You've noticed Um, you don't hear him clickety-clacking and clickety-clacking and all the way at his keyboard no more. It's fantastic. Um, We also have a lot of patrons right now. Uh, Our current supporters are Stephanie L. Terry Needleman. Max Lunig. Benjamin Lehrer. Chris O'Kelly. Lily Ackles. Ackles! (laughs) Mackenzie Homer. Horner, Horner. pardon me. Horner, you monster! Get their names right! They're paying us! (laughs) That's true. That's true. John Donna. Uh, Taryn the Duck, who has confirmed Real Duck on Twitter. Uh, Melissa Goldman, who is a confirmed Real Goldman. Jess Lightning, the best Jess on the show. The best Jess, the best Jess. Ewan Cassidy. <laughs> Haley McDonald. Tesquier. And Callum McLeod. Ah, related to Fox McLeod from the famous Star McLeod. Fox series. <laughs> they give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. And if you would like to join them in supporting us, you will get a ton of fun perks. Andrew, tell them about the perks. Oh, I think the main one is our commentaries right now. We've got mm-hmm. uh, Relevant, our cat's commentary, which is still poignant as ever and fantastic. Um, and recently we came out with, uh, what was it? Wait, what came out recently here? Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, but we have another one we're trying to get planned. It's just scheduling has been rough because I'm making a short film at the moment. Yeah, that's true. We're going to do a commentary on Jess's short film and I'm going to rip it to shreds. Obviously. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be funny. It's going to be hilarious. No, we're not doing that. (laughs) Wait for that one, guys. It's going to be really funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's not happening. Um, but we will be doing something fun in the future. Um, maybe Oklahoma? Uh, oh yeah, I think we were gonna do Oklahoma. Yeah. That one might be coming up real soon. Yeah, we're gonna be doing that. That's gonna be fun. So keep donating, um, there's a lot of fun perks, and we got some new big ideas coming up in the, um, woodwork, so don't leave yet. Yeah, I Let's think, get on to the show. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you today, Andrew? I'm really excited. Really? Why? Well, we're finally going to talk about one of these Disney live-action remakes. Oh, are we? Yeah, we're doing uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which they have done a Broadway version of, which is as live-action as it gets. Baker man baked to the bells of Notre Dame. To the big bells as loud as the thunder. To the little bells soft as a song. And some say the soul of the city is the toll of the bells. 
can I can I push up my glasses and well actually you right now? <laughs> well actually well actually it never made it to Broadway. It just played at the Paper Mill pay- Playhouse and the La Joya Playhouse and it never got transferred to Broadway. Instead they still decided to fast track the Frozen musical because they don't want to make good things on Broadway apparently. I don't think Disney wants to make good things in general, to be honest. I think they just want to make money. Yep, and that's the best thing. <laughs> so we're so so we're doing Hunchback of Notre Dame? I believe so, or, or are we doing Frozen now? No, no, no. Do you no, want to just no. go to Frozen? I no! hear Frozen makes more money. No! <laughs> <laughs> the Hunchback of Notre Dame is a musical based on the 1831 novel, the same name written by Victor Hugo, with songs from the 1996 Walt Disney Animated Studios film adaptation. The musical premiered in 1999 in Berlin, Germany as Der Glockner von Notre Dame, aka The Bell Ringer of Notre Dame. It was produced by Walt Disney Theatrical, the company's first musical to premiere outside the U.S. It ran for three years, becoming one of Berlin's longest-running musicals which i find amazing and that production looks fucking incredible they had like all these risers and stuff it felt huge it felt like an event but then the english language musical the hunchback of notre dame had its debut at the la joya playhouse in san francisco california san diego california forgive me uh (coughs) in 2014 Subsequently, the show went on to open in March 4th of 2015 at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Millburn, New Jersey. The show closed on April 5th, 2015 after it was announced that it would not move to Broadway. Instead, they fa- <laughs> <laughs> instead they fast-tracked Frozen to Broadway. Gotta get Frozen on there. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to see the Frozen Broadway show to know that this is probably better, right? The thing is, this isn't family-friendly, though, and I think they wanted their flagship to be you know, the Disney brand to be fam- family friendly. God forbid they take a fucking risk, right? I mean, it seemed to have worked in Germany pretty well, so... Yeah, but Germans are fucking weird. <laughs> Germans are just like Americans, it's just the media is nicer to them. I think Americans also want things that are for adults, but for some reason the media refuses. Beauty and the Bees 2016! Hey guys, do you want to see Beauty of the Beast again, but like, now we put less effort into it? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to see Lion King, but it's terrible? (laughs) Do you want to see Aladdin, but like, we just filmed a guy doing it instead of like, animating it? Do you want to watch movies that you saw already again? Oh, you do? Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Start. So, Andrew, what did you think of this new version of Hunchback? Actually, let's rewind. What did you think of the original animated film of Hunchback of Notre Dame? Yeah, why don't we talk about the the movie a little bit first here, since the movie is technically the original, right? I mean, in far... Other yeah. than the book. I love the as book. As far as the music goes. The book really should not be called The Hunchback of Notre Dame, though. It should probably be called, like, Esmeralda and Notre Dame, because it really is more about her. But, nevertheless. I mean, I think the... The musical that they made is more about her, too. But the movie is definitely about the Hunchback. Mm-hmm. So, how do you like that movie? It came out in 1996 and is one of the darkest Disney films? Yeah. I mean, they based it on a pretty dark book and they tamed it down. They watered it down about 75% and it's still pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, they got rid of everything dark about it and they still... Like, the story is just so dark that you can't even tell it 
in a family-friendly way, really. Like, even giving it a happy ending <laughs> does not take away how fucking dark and depressing that musical is. Yeah, um, well, the book. The the story altogether, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the movie's excellent. I think the only thing that's not great about it is the, the kids' shit. You know how every fucking kids' movie has to have that character? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the gargoyle that one? wants to fuck a goat? Yeah, that one. Every single kids' movie has to have that fucking character. It's like, you know, it's either a dog or it's like a goofy side robot character. I don't know. It's, it's he's he's wacky. Uh, what what what? One Disney movie I remember is like Treasure Planet, and they had two of those characters. You have the little goo blob thing, and then you also have the robot that appears halfway through, and that ruins the fucking movie. Otherwise, the movie's awesome. But then you have those two fucking, and it's like, stop this. You know, make that would stop. actually make a really good Disney live-action remake. I would watch the fuck out of a Treasure Planet, like, live-action film. I would, but they have to remove those two characters. Like, Obviously. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> At least remove one of them. Remove the robot. <laughs> At least the morph character is a cool idea, yeah. because it's a parrot, exactly. and it can, like, replicate people. Like, that's a clever idea. That's clever. The robot is just obnoxious. And, and he doesn't even come like until two-thirds and... through the movie, is the thing. Like, he's it's not like fucking this... We don't need this character! <laughs> I want him to die. <laughs> so did you want the gargoyle played by Jason Alexander to die? No, I didn't, and I, I have to admit it, I kind of like the song they sing, like, a little bit. What?! If it, was in, if it was in something else, I would love it, but because it's in this, it kind of ruins it. It just doesn't fit the tone. It like, but the it, song's kind of fun. <laughs> do you like the rhyme? And since you're shaped like a like Adonis and croissant is like <laughs> <laughs> Steven Schwartz, you're better than that. God damn it! Oh my god, that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> well, I think that that it's not supposed to be a good rhyme. It's supposed to be dumb. Right, but every time I see it, I'm like, I want to die. I want to be a dead person. Yeah, but Frollo is incredible, as played by Tony J. So Frollo, and we're gonna have to. I mean, we can kind of do it now. Frollo on in the musical is like the main character in a way. Yeah, and he's slightly more relatable. Slightly. <laughs> the weird thing is, they made him. They gave him a more relatable backstory, and they made him, like, kind of nicer, but by the end of it, he's more evil than he was ever in the movie. Oh, I'm I'm very interested to see why you think that. All right. All right. I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So, unlike the original Hunchback of Notre Dame movie, where literally he's just plain evil, murders someone, and tries to drown, um, drown a baby, basically. He, sho he shows up, he shows up, like, what? Five minutes into the movie, oh, and less, he's already less than he's five already minutes. killed somebody. He's already killed somebody. He's already tried to kill a baby. Um, <laughs> and the only reason he stopped is because of his own selfish interests. He doesn't want to go to hell <laughs> because the pri yeah. priest reminds him, "Hey, killing's bad." <laughs> it's like you already killed one person. Maybe don't drown the baby. Also. I think it's actually really funny how how evil Frollo is in the movie. Like, it's so crazy how evil he is. And, like, when this evil man gets a boner, like, all Paris has to burn for it. Oh, 
it's over. Yeah, he he's like, I'm just gonna kill everyone. Burning people's <laughs> houses down with children in it. Yeah, he just doesn't give a fuck. I he's probably the fuck most this bitch. Is he is he the most evil Disney villain? At the very least. He's like pretty close. Like he is just insane. <laughs> But in the in the musical, I feel like they tamed him down. He to- they toned that down quite a bit. Am I wrong? They toned him down in a way, but you said that he's more evil by the end of it than he ever was in the original because of deeds. I'm curious what makes you say that. Um, I think well, it's not because of what he does. It's just because that that they're able to be more adult. So it's more explicit that he is like, I'm gonna rape you, Esmeralda. <laughs> um, so it's like it's it's more. He skeeves you out a lot more than he does in the movie. Because mm-hmm. in the movie, it's, like, implied, but he never really says it. But then, in in the musical, it's like, yeah, he, he he's trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair. Um, what do you think about the fact that they added a familial bloodline between him and Quasimodo, which has not been a, in any produ- version of the story ever? Even the even the book, it's not in the nope, book. Nope, that is not a book thing. That was really I I assumed they had taken it from the book. No, that was not in the books. See, that's interesting because that's one of the main reasons why he seems more uh, human. Like, yeah, he's more toned down is because of that. Because now it's not like oh I murdered someone and took their baby, and now now it's like oh I cared about my brother enough that I'm taking care of his kid. He still tries to murder it though, but then <laughs> then you yeah. got a case of the guilts. Yeah, but it's for a different reason. It's not just because, like, the priest tells him, you'll go to heck. It's because, <laughs> oh, I, I actually, I ha- cared about my brother, so I should do this. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, we're talking a lot about the villain, we're not talking a lot about the hero. And one of the biggest issues I had with that Disney movie is the fact that you don't really find the heroes that interesting. <laughs> okay, Esmeralda's kind of interesting. In the movie, you think? Esmeralda has uh, the really good song... Uh, God help the outcast, which is really nice. Um, and she's kind of like a, she's like sexier than most Disney characters, like overtly, you know, it's interesting. The hunchback is boring as fuck. Yeah. Um, he's white bread, boring, and they give him like Disney eyes. He's not scary looking, which you kind of want he's also, to be. He's also, he has the same like motivation as every fucking Disney princess at, but at the beginning, just like, Oh, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna go outside. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Uh and then the I mean, who else can you even consider a hero? You have uh Phineas and Ferb, uh who's what is his actual name? Fucking Ferbius? Well, Phoebus, it means sun god. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, Phoebus. <laughs> it means sun god. He doesn't have a character in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. He has Kevin Klein improvising in an audio booth. <laughs> Yeah, and he has like eight lines in the whole movie. <laughs> I will not kill um, a house full of children. Ah, good one. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Gee, I wouldn't kill a house full of children. This character is relatable. <laughs> he refuses to kill children. I would also do that. <laughs> But in the musical, they kind of, they bumped up his character a lot, a lot. Oh, a ton. He doesn't, I was thinking about it, he doesn't have any songs in the fucking movie. 
No, um, he has a theme, though, and they turn that into a song in the musical, which I think is really cool. And that's one of the few things I like about the Disney adaptations is when they turn, like, musical motifs and turn it into people's, like, songs. Yeah. He... It's weird, because in the movie, he's kind of the actual hero who, like, gets the girl and saves the day. But, like, he doesn't have a song, and he doesn't really have much character. He's just kind of there. And the only other character is, uh, uh, Clo- Clopel. I think it is, um, who is just kind of the narrator. And he also shows up as a villain in one scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he works. He's a very effective like Greek chorus narrator. And in the musical, they did something that I'm not actually a really big fan of, and they turned the entire cast and everyone into the narrator as like a yeah. actual Greek chorus. Yeah, and, and he's actually a character in the show like quite a bit more than he is in the movie. Yeah, um, Clopin is just, I, he's more than just a tool, he is a person, <laughs> so yeah, to say. because he actually, he's actually interacts with Esmeralda quite a bit, um, and he interacts with really everybody quite a bit, mm-hmm. and then he saves the day, yeah, which is does. actually kind of a fu- kind of a funny moment, actually. Um, let me talk a little bit about the 1999 Berlin production really quickly. Sure. And my relationship to this. So I really liked the Hunchback movie altogether. I wished it was darker. I always, like everyone else, the lighter it's tone Disney, though, frustrated me. It's Disney, though. They're not going to do it. They, look at Fantasia. That was pretty dark. That was like 50 or 60 years before, though, and it wasn't a, it was not a financial success either. Yeah, nothing is when you're fucking about to go into a war true but i'm sure disney doesn't think of it that way yeah um but dark darker materials was appreciated then they took it to germany and all i had to live off of with this musical was very german recordings of these songs and looking up the translations and figuring out the new story that they came up with and it was really cool it was so intense like the staging had these giant pillars that would rise up, the great rear string proje- projections back before they were fucking everywhere. Um, they bumped up everyone's vocal caliber, so they're like actual belting. It felt like a live concert, like a rock concert in a way, more than, say, a Broadway musical. And I really had wanted that very specific production to transfer. And of course, that's not what we got. We got a very parsed-down, theatrical... Um, actor-based production there they spent most of the money on the massive ensemble voice wall that they build up in the backdrop which is nice cool it is cool but i just find the set design really kind of bland looking it looks like my grandma's kitchen with a couple they're just kind of rolling around some stairs and and yeah one railing that they have and I want this so this <laughs> show has such huge like music. I want the music to be reflected in the set design, uh, and that we just didn't get that. Yeah, and I mean you have this iconic location of Notre mm-hmm. Dame, and they well, never actually had show it. it. 
Oh, it's gone now. We it burnt down. How relevant. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I, I hear they're installing the pool this year, though. <laughs> Finally. When are we getting Wi-Fi in Notre Dame? Yeah, for real. How the fuck is Quasimodo gonna go online? Where is he- if, if we had just given Frollo some porn, he would have been a lot better off. He would have been fine, he could have looked up Esmeralda porn. The animated Esmeralda, rule 34, Frollo, there's a lot of options, there's actual- the drawings of you with Esmeralda! Just look up rule 34, fl Frollo, Quasimodo. No, don't do that. No, it's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> don't- to our actual fans out there, do not look that up, it is Yeah. Fun. The world the is cruel, fellas. <laughs> but it's a lot less crueler when I'm around. Wow. <laughs> what else did you like about the adaptation of Sage? Uh, I like that Phoebus has a character. Because that's I like that. <laughs> How would you describe like Phoebus' you character in this new version? He kind of like a cocky, like a watered down Gaston, you know, <laughs> a Gaston with morals. That's true. I like him. I like the fact that he is kind of like war torn and like PTSD. He's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go work for the church because at least then I'm not gonna like have to murder people. And then they ask him to murder people, and, and then, he's like, and God then they're damn like, it. the first thing they do is they're like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to murder a lot of people. I just no. <laughs> I just I like the ending a lot more, like a lot more, mm -hmm. and I like that the statues are not. Well, they do have the one goofy statue song, but it's I not hate as that goofy. song. I really do hate that new. <laughs> I almost prefer a guy like you to the new um, um, "Flight into Egypt" song. Yeah, it's not. Mm, Saint Aphrodisiac could probably uh, go away. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, nope. 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 Bad song. Don't like it. At least a guy like I you push things a little. Kind of like, kind of like the head effect. It's kind of cool. <laughs> a little bit it. not worth it a little bit it's funny like the first time but he does it like three times so it's you know <laughs> what do you think of the quasi reveal in a way and the makeup effect they do for that i thought it was odd like when he walks out and just puts on the thing i get what they're doing it's like oh he's he's part of the story that he's telling well and then at the end he turns it in it's funny it's, it's not funny, it's more like, hey, like, just this deformity doesn't make me any less of a man, I'm a human. And it's also to show, like, look at me, it's all done with performance, I'm so cool, right? I thought it was just implying that the whole story is being told by, uh, Clopin. I mean, you can imply it a thousand different ways, but a lot of it is just, like, theatrical storytelling. He puts the costume on, and then at the end, he hands the costume back to him. So I, I assumed it was like he's an actor in this in this tale. If you want to interpret it as the actor on stage trying to show off to you, I mean that's fine. You no, have it's that meant to blur the lines between a monster <laughs> and a man. If you want the honest thing. Oh, I really like the lyric change. Uh, of instead of who is the monster and who is the man, it what makes a monster and what makes a man. You thought who is the monster <laughs> and who is the man cut was kind of cringy. It's way too, like, kid-oriented. It's like, okay, well, obviously, the one that doesn't look like a monster is the monster. That's what that lyric implies. <laughs> Whereas, at least with this one, it's like, oh, what qualities make someone a monster? Not, 
not just oh Frollo or Quasimodo. Which Who one? Who is think? the monster? <laughs> which one do you think? Is it the mean guy or is it the hunchback? Which one do you think? Is it the ugly guy <laughs> or the old guy? <laughs> Comment down below. Guys, in the comments, if you think Quasimodo is the monster, leave us a like. If you think Frollo is the monster, you leave have to share Leave us a retweet. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you in the middle of our podcast, but we've got a t- shill at you. Come join us on Patreon. Um, it's made possible by our extremely kind donations from our donors at Patreon. Andrew, why don't you list them off for us? We have Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lira, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Beck Mackenzie Horner, pardon me, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Tuskier, and Callum McLeod. Callum McLeod! <laughs> All right. Um, they give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. And for as little as what you pay for a cup of coffee, you could help these poor African child I'm looking at here at Andrew and these poor unfortunate souls helping him get a meal more than once a day so please if you got any spare change as much as a cup of coffee please just give us money so we can help him he's got this hunch he's got this someone, deformity someone sing a Sarah McLaughlin song sing the song from Toy Story 2 in the arms of an angel angel Patreon, go go support us. All right, let's get back to the show. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. And Frollo gave the child a name. A cruel name that means... Half-formed. Quasimodo. Now here is a riddle to guess if you can sing the bells of Notre Dame. What makes a monster and what makes a man? What makes a monster and what makes a man? Sing the bells, 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 think of the new changed bells of notre dame i like it but i've got a lot of issues so i'm curious what you think well i mean we already kind of talked about the story changes in this um when we talked about frollo okay i really like the song in the movie and the problems i have with the song in the movie are gone because they don't do any of the stupid puppet stuff which is kind of dumb and i also like that all the characters are singing and not just uh clopan um but i will say it goes on it goes on for a very long time in this. Like, it feels like they made this song, like, twice as long as it was in the movie. I might be wrong about that, but it's it feels that way. on par with how it was in the movie. It's not crazy long, but slightly longer. 
Well, what's your issues with it? I'm curious. I just think it's not as much of a punch of an opening, honestly. Well, I think part of it is that you don't have the cool animated segment with Frollo murdering people. I like the Bells of Notre Dame. I really like the song. I really like the the little theme that they do, which is just recurring throughout the entire I, musical. I don't like that. I kind of don't like the fact that it keeps popping up. It gets a little ridiculous. Uh, I can see it getting more repetitive in this because it's so long. In the movie, it's really good, though. In the movie, it's used a lot better. But in this, it's like, Like, every time anything happens. Like, of course it's happening there. Where the fuck else is it gonna happen? Yeah. But I just love that theme. Or whatever the fuck it is. I mean, that part, yes. But when they're just kind of like, Justice in Paris is... Naturally quick in the city of Notre Dame. Oh, well, they, Dame. Just keep, they just keep bringing that back all the time. Yes. I don't that, like that one as much. That bothers me a lot. But, like, when they play the da-da-da, I'm with you. Yes. That part's sick. <laughs> that part's fucking cool. Makes me, makes me feel like I have a soul again. No, for real, though, that's, like, one of the best things in a musical. I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's one it's of Alan Menken's awesome. best things he's ever written. I agree. And then I swear I... With my share Won't resent, won't despair Old and bent, I won't care I'll have spent one day Out there Um, Let's talk about Out There um, is performed very differently in the musical, which now, is of note. Okay, explain why you think it's differently. Um, well, Quasimodo is much more of an actual, uh, like, creature, in quotes, in this. Because he's like, he, he performs more like, more, uh, I, I want to say he performs more like a Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know. He eats the scenery. Yikes. <laughs> He's performing deaf um, because in the book he is deaf because if you're ringing those bells every single day, you would go fucking deaf. And Especially also, as a young, at a young age. Yeah, and also, like, just your natural... I'm assuming he probably played it with a cleft palate, so he added, like, a little bit of inflection there. But... And he is not well, I, I that mean, literate. his performance is... His performance is interesting because he's like half singing, half not singing. The way uh, that which... it was described for the Berlin production was he can only comprehend and explain words, explain his emotions properly in song. So he kind of fades in from like that more withdrawn like version of himself to like a clear version of himself as he starts singing. But if you compare that to the movie version, the movie, they just sing the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, he's always conscious and literate more or less yeah he doesn't have that more realistic side of to him although i think i think that they he really eats the scenery more than he probably should because he's like he performs it like he's jim carrey i don't know like really really do you not see that i do not he's like on the he's like on the ground and he's like ooh, ooh looking around like a weirdo uh i don't know hmm I'm going to have to give it a watch with a more... Yeah, I think you're being a little insensitive, but I don't care. Neither do I. Yeah, I know you don't care. <laughs> of course I don't care. 
I think Jim Carrey being compared to Jim Carrey is a compliment, so. Really? <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, unless you're talking about vaccines, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I, that, that is a fair point. <laughs> he can even grow a pretty decent beard. He looks, he looks like fucking the guy from R.E.M. <laughs> 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 all right um let's move on out there i think that song's great i think it's improved a bit in the musical because you don't have any fucking like gargoyles interrupting do the gargoyles interrupt in out there um visually in the movie yes because they they don't interrupt in the song because i've listened to the recording for that i listened to the movie recordings in preparation for this too isn't tom Hulse, not like that. not a very good singer He's definitely passable. That final note, like, is so weird to hear. I'll have spent one day. But he does the climax of the song pretty decently. Oh, yeah, he does. Um, I don't know. That that movie has brilliant, brilliant moments, but a lot of it r- rubs me wrong. I kind of prefer the full, f- the them just singing the entire time, though, to be honest. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I get what they were trying to do, but I, honestly, you didn't need to do that. You could have just had him act like that when he's talking, and then when he sings, he sings. <laughs> I think that's kind of, that's more or less what they did, isn't it? No. He, like, for the verses of it, well, I guess it's not really a verse-chorus structure, but for, for the parts that aren't, like, the big climax parts of it, he's not singing. He's just kind of speaking in this, like, weird, kind of pitched way. Well, isn't singing just sustained talking? No. The Music think method is not real. Lied to me. The, the the think method doesn't actually work. That was the moral of that of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that if you're wise enough, you can get out of being tarred and feathered and hung in the middle of the street. No, not wise enough. Charming enough. <laughs> Matthew Broderick did it, so. Matthew Broderick did not do it. <laughs> Matthew Broderick died. Okay, and the whole rest of it, it was like Jacob's Ladder, okay? Alright. <laughs> Let's talk about rest and recreation. I have borne the brunt of a soldier's test. Now I've made my way where I get to play at rest and recreation. Four years at the front. Four years at the front Tenant fodder lying in the field below the castle Is this the third week or the fourth week of the siege? The air filled with a stench of bodies in a trench Whoever pays the most I call my liege Summoned here to Paris now I'm far away from battle From clotting blood and rotting wounds of dead and dying men And whatever I do Sure, this is true. I will never go back again. I like this song. It's a weird song because it kind of interrupts in the middle of Topsy Turvy. Yes, that is weird. That well, there's like two songs that interrupt in the middle of Topsy Turvy. Yeah, but at least Rhythm of the Tambourine <laughs> kind of fits because there is that like musical. Even in the film, it's almost more. Like, a dance moment? It's almost more of like a dance break, yeah. Yeah. But rest this of one recreation is, kind of is like, a full-ass song. I like it, though. I think it's fun. I don't even know if I'd call it fun. It's like PTSD being handled badly. It reminds me of Thor from, like, um, Infinity War, where he's just, like, broken and it's trying not, to tell know. jokes to, like, hide how much pain he's in. 
I don't know if it's being handled badly so much as it's being handled quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't going uh, back to that shit. I'm gonna stay in Paris and fuck as many bitches as I can. Yeah. It's fun. I don't know. It's fine. And I kind of like that he has, like, a character in this. Mm-hmm. And I also like when, uh, fucking, uh, Frollo shows up right afterwards and is like, uh, no, there's actually no time for that. <laughs> Like, he, he, he just showed up early, so he's like, I'm gonna, like, relax and, like, enjoy my time here, and Frollo's like, yeah, hey, it's you're like the when, new guy, come on, let's get to work. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you quit your job and, and you give yourself an extra week for a vacation, but then you're like, oh, you left your job early? Oh, just come work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, was that too relevant, it was, too, it was too much, too, too accurate. Uh, too, too poignant? Too poignant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they gave uh, Phoebus a reason to exist, so to say. Yeah. <laughs> but he he is very much not the character in the books, neither in the Broadway show or in the movie, which I find interesting. The character in the book is, like, he's engaged to another woman, and then he's just so enraptured by Esmeralda, and then he, like, turns on her and, like, is very much involved with, like, getting her murdered anyways to, like hide his infidelity side so he's kind of just like another frollo in a way in a way yes um but all three of them are kind of like the different versions of themselves <laughs> like frollo quasi and phoebus are all different versions of bad men that want esmeralda yeah which is a uh, actually they i do like in um rhythm of the tambourine that they have all three of them singing kind of the same part to show that they all are just obsessed with Esmeralda, basically. This girl who is this Notre Dame de Paris, which is one of Paris's like biggest musicals, that is a bit more reflected, like the obsession of that. Where in this one is kind of given a quick moment that's like, all right, all right, enough of that. Back to the yeah, dancing. They don't. Yeah, I mean it's fun. This one is it's the Disney version. It's still it's very as, much the Disney version of this story. Yes, but it's closer. It's closer to the book and the real story than it than the movie for sure it does its own thing <laughs> which i appreciate a little bit more than just re- replicating the book because i don't think the book is perfect i like the story of the movie a little better than the book and this gets everything that i liked about the movie and adds elements from the book that would make those stand out more if you that is my interpretation of this musical it is not the book it is not the movie it is somewhere in between and it works really well This song is awesome, and it's really good in both the musical and the movie, and I'm not sure I have much else to say about it. Um, it's just very good. There is one thing I want to say, and we're not going to spend too much time on this song, because it just genuinely is good. 
Um, when they released the movie, they did a version of it that Bette Midler sang um, to coincide. You know, like how they had like the '90s like famous stars version of the song from the movie. Um, they had Bette Midler, and she—it's bad. I don't like her version. I mean, I don't. I don't doubt it. Is that kind of like how that Aladdin song became a radio hit and adult contemporary? Exactly like that. (laughs) (laughs) And they changed the lyrics so it fits more on the radio. Like, instead of, like, to a gypsy's prayer, it's like, to a poor girl's prayer. And I'm like, ah, fuck you. Ah, this is is trash. Use the slur, (laughs) goddammit. No, don't do that. It's not a slur if she says it. Actually, it probably still is, but I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Slurs are slurs all the way. It's just a word, fellas. How did you like the way it was staged in the show? Like, I thought it was a little boring considering how grandiose that song is in the mu- movie. It was a little boring. It's just kind of like, they're, she's in the middle and there's people standing around her and that's it. Like the, There wasn't really much to it. The movie, they like use these intricate lightings. They light her through the Notre Dame like, um, what is that called? Um, the stained glass... Um, I feel yeah. like there should have been more stained glass lighting in the Broadway or in the um, newer production. Not Broadway. Not Broadway. The not Broadway production. The not Broadway production. The the let's be clear. The not Broadway production. It didn't get to Broadway because Frozen <laughs> had to go to Broadway. Frozen is better. Let's be clear about this. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot more you can do with animation, which is why you know it's just better to animate stuff. And and really, it's kind of ridiculous. To even consider not animating something. I think this is once I th- said this at the top, and I stand by it. This would work as a live action version if they want to make this into a film. And I hear that Josh Gad's producing a version with it, which would be neat. If they did this story rather than the one from the movie, I think it would be even better. I think that's kind of what they're aiming to do, but apparently they're not using any songs from this, which is worrying. Impossible. Like, they're not using any of the new songs, so to say. They're just keeping... That's probably because they're going to cut some songs, like uh, Hellfires. They're, they're going to do it, but it's going to be like a minute long, and he's just going to say it, kind of. Hellfire, like, hellfire, really. hellfire, 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 hellfire. And then that's it. Yeah. And it's like, guys, no, the song was in there. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say a song wasn't in there. It was in there. talk about heaven's light and hellfire and how they're the exact same song they are the exact same song i mean that's the purpose they both have that same motif Mm -hmm. i find it very interesting and they're kind of they reflect the two different sides of the coin like heaven's light and hellfire yeah it's awesome and it's really good it's probably the best writing that disney has ever done in terms of songs (laughs) (laughs) and it's the darkest by far um 
sadly, once again, I think that the stage musical kind of drops the ball in the intensity here. Yeah. Well, the thing is with, especially with Hellfire, uh, they can do so much. Like the animated, like demons almost coming out singing to him like it's like insane mm-hmm. and they did that cool for that the is. berlin production like they had like a flying esmeralda they had like flames start flying around him it was incredible why why didn't they bring the berlin where was production that? where was that all i got was like some of the statue people started following him around like oh no okay oh oh god and yeah patrick page delivers this song perfectly he's incredible as a performer and probably the closest thing to tony j will ever get but yeah but mm, mm, not sure about it could have been could have done better like i like the lighting i guess the, they changed it to red oh wow cool. they brought it to red <laughs> I, they had to, they put spent five dollars in a gel to put in front of the spotlight cool <laughs> They did it. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds incredible because just looking at how many people are on stage singing, I bet that's a huge wall of sound. But match it with visuals, guys. If you can make a fucking like um, giant reindeer that looks terrifying, I'm sure you can like make that song interesting. It's weird too because this is Disney. Like you'd think Disney would put visuals above all else because that's really what they. You know, they're kind of like that mainstream company, and when they put together a musical, wouldn't they want it to be like an epic, like a spectacle? Like, you gotta see this and not anything else. Like, they should have gotten Julie Taymor up in here to fuck with this. If this came to Broadway, that's what they would have done, but it didn't, because Frozen. Fro- Frozen's the best. like the act one closer esmeralda honestly i wasn't a huge fan of it why i don't know they have that like new melody in there and then i feel like they should have just honestly i would have been okay with just like a a short like reprise of bells of notre dame honestly (laughs) and i know they do that several times but in this case i would have liked that i was sick of bells of notre dame by that point i'm like yeah new song hell yes Uh, it's it the thing is it's an act one closer and it's just it's kind of like not amazing uh, <clears throat> sorry. Honestly, I would have been fine if they just closed it with Hellfire. <laughs> Honestly, that—that's kind of what I was gonna make the point of too. Like that, I get why they want to hold it on a on a. Oh, what's gonna happen? Oh, Phoebus got stabbed. Esmeralda's on the run. What's gonna? I get why they did it. It makes sense, and they wanted their one day more moment where everyone's involved in the story and lowest points. Yeah, and they was like, oh, we brought back all the songs, and it's like, okay, but like, eh. <laughs> just do hellfire just end it with that that's fine i'm happy with it are you though andrew are you yes yes are you ever happy and now i'm on my own never again to wonder what's out there let it remain unknown and my one human eye will ever more be dry until the day i
I'm sure you want to talk about Made of Stone. I love Made of Stone. Made of Stone is fucking a great addition. Um, it takes one of the most incredible moments where Quasi just cusses out the gargoyles. All right. Well, I love Made of Stone as well, and I think it's I think it's probably the best new song. I don't think it's the best song because I like um I like Hellfire and Heaven's Light a lot from the actual movie but as far as the newer the new songs that they added i think this is the best one uh by far um i don't think i have much else to say about it though to be honest what do you think of the moment of him just screaming at people i think it's very it's a very intense song which is needed because this is the finale or very close to the finale and this is this is quasimodo's like moment of truth like is he gonna actually step up and do what he needs to do or is he not? What do you think about him just rejecting the call to action in a way? I think it makes sense because he's already lost so much that he doesn't want to lose anymore. And, you know, he's a he's a pretty beaten down character just in general. He's not, especially in this one, he's more of a sad person who doesn't really want to have to do these things. And he only does them because he's, he's basically forced to. Like, he knows he's not going to have any chance with Esmeralda. He knows that it's never going to end well for him no matter what he chooses. So it steals a lot from the moment in the Charles Lawton film um, where he's like everyone goes off happily and he sits there on the bell tower and turns to the um, gargoyle and says, God, I wish I was just made of stone like you because then maybe I'd get some fucking respect, right? <laughs> like it's a direct reference to that the world is cruel the world is ugly but there are times and there are people when the world is not and that is cruelest is still the only world we've got And the finale is where they really change a lot and actually, you know, have the guts to kill Esmeralda. And Quasi. What? Yeah, um, and Frollo. Like, the, Frollo's death becomes a murder instead of just like, oh no, accidental death, Gaston. Accidents happen. I tried to save him, sort of. <laughs> um, Quasi doesn't die. Yeah, he does. No. Jess, are you watching the German version again? The German version, he 100% dies. Um, not in the version that you and I watched, but when they later brought it, like, in either in earlier productions or later productions, they, like, say, um, when Ezreldo was buried, they found the body of the hunchback entangled with her bones. Like, some really cryptic, horrible line at the end of the show. Yeah, they say that, but I thought that was just symbolic. I didn't, they don't actually kill Quasi. Oh, yeah, he, that is a reference to the book where he crawls into her grave and just starves to death inside of it. But they don't say that he does that 100%. <laughs> I don't know. Because they also have the line where when they tried to untangle them, the one of the bones turned to dust. 
which is clearly like a symbolic sort of thing, not literal. I, 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 I interpreted it more as this story was told to people and then that came about as like a myth almost. Like later on they find the grave and she's in his arms, but when they try to untangle them, she just falls apart. So I interpreted it more symbolically. No, it's literal. They literally he fucking dead. is dead in her casket with her. He curled up, oh, starved okay. to death, and I mean, died. If that happens in the book, that's pretty cool and pretty pretty fucking metal. Uh, <laughs> um, but I I don't think they're not very explicit about that. So I'm not gonna go out and say that that's canon for the musical. <sighs> I am because I'm a fucking morbid mo fucker. Sure. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> but how do you like that new ending where everyone dies? I think it's fine. I like I like that he actually murders Frollo because that's what he really deserves. He doesn't really deserve just oh, accidentally falling. Oops. Big oopsie, he he died. He did a died. Oh no. I like that Quasimodo actually overcomes him and throws him from the tower. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Esmeralda dying. I know it's more accurate to the book, but I'm not really sure what that adds. I guess it's just a more sad ending. I mean, it is a tragic ending, and it's much more reflective of Victor Hugo's, like, point of view of, like... Yeah. It changes the dynamic of the ending, like, the tone, because in the in the movie, it's like, oh, well, you know, Esmeralda and uh, Phoebus live happily ever after. And, you know, that's kind of, like, it's still kind of sad for Quasi, but it's like a happy ending. Happy uh, ending quotes. Yeah, but in this it's not at all, because nobody gets a happy ending. Quasimodo is still alone. Phoebus gets a happy-ish loses. ending. Like, he can still fuck whoever he wants. He's not in prison. I guess that's... I guess that's true. Well, though, does he, though? Because he's probably still wanted. Why would he be wanted? Everyone saw Frollo be like, I'm gonna fucking take over Notre Dame, fuck y'all people. I think they saw Quasimodo f- murder Frollo. I'm not sure they saw Frollo do anything that bad. I mean, he's like, hear me, people of Paris, and they all turn on Notre Dame and Frollo himself. That's true. I feel like that would still be forgotten, though, and the soldiers but would still want But how would we survive without a cameo from Jafar, um, the gargoyle shooting like a machine gun, and the goofy laugh? Oh, yeah, the goofy laugh ending. I don't know how we would live without that. I'm, s- I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm upset that's not in there. Yeah, like I'm really, really sad. I'm not actually. I, I'm just kidding. I don't give a shit about that. That ending sucked in the movie, where they just zoom out of Notre Dame and the gargoyles tell goofy jokes, and it's like yippee. Remember when she says "fly, my pretties, fly"? Remember how funny it was? Oh yeah. <laughs> That was so funny because I understood that reference. I understood that. Oh, that is literally the fucking reference from the See, Avengers. See, you, underst- ah! you understood ah! that reference. <laughs> Morning in Paris, a new day appears. Sing the bells of Notre Dame. Ending the tale of your poor balladeers and the bells of Notre Dame. And we wish we could leave you a moral Like a trinket you hold in your palm But here is a riddle to guess If you can't sing the bells of Notre Dame What makes a monster and what makes a man Sing the 
Jess, I, you look like you want to end the show. Is that correct? <laughs> you know what I really look like, Andrew? What's that? I look like I'm very appreciative because this show is made possible by our wonderful kind donators over at Patreon. Jess, we haven't done our final thoughts yet. Um, our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lair, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Taskier, and Cal McLeod. They help give us a little money that makes this show possible. Now, Andrew, now that I've done that, what is your overall thoughts on the Hunchback of Notre Dame and your cheese rating? Well... My thoughts on The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and I assume you mean the musical, not the movie. Um, it's very, very good. Um, I wish that the sets were better. Um, that's the main thing, is it just kind of lacks in terms of staging from what I've seen. I'm sure it's probably better to see live than it is to see recorded, but even so, um, Jess has sent me footage of the German one, and it is superior in just every way, so... <laughs> visually yes it, it would, uh, visually yes um there's oh, visually yes oh, that's that's what i mean visually a lot of other things that are goofy like they still kept frollo being a judge which is weird um he still yeah murders quasimodo's mom like all that n new stuff is still not added yet so all that stuff is better in this version i'll say that yeah um and as far as the new songs most of them are passable and some of them are good so that's a good mix. Mm. I don't think there's really... Well, I take that back. There's, like, one song that I don't like at all. And there's another song that's, like, barely a song. So, Sanctuary and uh, the one with the fucking saint of a aphrodisus. I don't fucking know. Flight into Egypt are, is your favorite songs. song. Those songs, those songs suck. Uh, but everything else is great. Um, and as far as a cheese rating, I'm going to give it uh, Munster. Because that is a French cheese. Who is the Munster and who is the man? Oh, that's a good one. I should have used that. You're right. <laughs> who is the Munster? What makes a Munster and what makes a man? All right. So <clears throat> my cheese rating um, is coming up. But let me tell you my thoughts. I like this production a lot. And honestly, I just, I just really, really am glad this exists. I'm sad it isn't as emotionally or visually like driving as the Berlin production, which did so very well in Berlin. And I'm very confused as to why it didn't transfer. Um, honestly, I'm just so happy that this existed at all because I remember spending like 10 years just obsessing over that Berlin German recording thinking, Oh my God, this is incredible. I wish this was in English and now I have it in English. <laughs> so at the very least I could say all that. Um, so my cheese rating is specifically blue cheese um, from the fromager in the Victor Hugo market in Toulouse, France. <laughs> I wonder why you picked that one. Hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Cause there's like a thousand Victor Hugo streets in France, like way too many fucking Victor Hugo streets. So I guess you'll, you'll still have one for when we do Les Mis. Then. Yes. I will have like 40 other, <laughs> 40 other one. Um, let's not forget whenever we do the man who laughs or whatever other Victor Hugo musicals there are. Well, that's me. <laughs> um, all right, Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I just want to, uh, I just want to thank our awesome fans. You guys for are wonderful. This is our continued engagement. 51st episode. This is like, we've crossed the mark. Like, 
No, we're starting anew. Hey, yeah, there's no going back now. This is repilot. We've repiloted, guys. We've pivoted. We haven't pivoted. We're doing the same thing. We're we've doing done the before. same shit we've done for fifty <laughs> goddamn episodes. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, though. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all that other stuff. At Musicals with Cheese. Our Twitter is at Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon, as if we haven't mentioned it before, is at Musicals with Cheese. Our Instagram is Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is Musicals with Cheese. Our email is MusicalTheaterLives at gmail.com. Our title card was created by Jolene Cass. Go. She's incredible. I love her. She's going to be doing some work for me pretty soon on this short, so I'm really excited that I get to hang with her a bit more. Um, yeah, we we love doing the show. It's fun. Um, sometimes it becomes a little hard to keep up, but honestly, it's worth it just because we get to s- interact with all of you. So, thank you guys. Well, if you're listening to this episode right around when it comes out, <sighs> then you probably will still have time for this. If you're in New York City... And you want to see my band play and potentially meet me, uh, we will be playing in New York City on the 7th of uh, September. And so, and there's a chance that a Jess event. might be in the audience there. So if you want to just hang with him and see what he's up to while we go watch Andrew perform and be awesome, like, it could be a our, fun time. Our first unofficial meetup. So if you, if you want to come, I, it is, you do have to be over 21, just, uh, but... Fake ideas it's gonna exist, be at, kids. Uh, Yep, it is going to be at uh, Connolly's Club near uh, near Times Square, actually, so it's going to be fun. We'll all go see a Broadway show afterwards. I'm just kidding. It'll be like <laughs> midnight. Uh, we'll go see it before. Yeah, it'll be the pregame to, like, Andrew's performance. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. If you want more information on that, it's a... Uh, it is on Facebook, and I'm sure we'll share that event at some point. Of course we will. <laughs> um, all right, we'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese, kids. Da 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 Bong Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.